0: Thank you for being here. This is episode 101, for those that are counting. So I thought, what else could we do but make this the Alpaca 101 episode? The basics, getting started, what you need to know. Named after the foundation courses in so many colleges, Subject 101 is where you start. So here we go, starting with alpacas. What is an alpaca? Oh, oh, sorry. Too basic? Okay. Anyway, they're not to be confused with llamas. They're the bigger ones. Alpacas are herbivorous, semi-ruminants, identified as belonging to the family of animals known as South American camelids. There are four types. Llamas and alpacas are domesticated, and becuñas and guanaco are wild They frequent the high plains of the Andes, particularly Peru and Chile, but wider in South America and now with herds spread throughout, well, most of the world really. First question is why do you want to keep alpacas? I know, I know, if you've seen an alpaca you will want to keep some of your own and spend your life being around them. Or perhaps that's just me. You will have heard me speak many times about the alpaca gene, which some people have you do know this isn't true. (laughs) We don't actually have an alpaca gene. At least I don't think so. But it is like there's an alpaca gene that some people really connect. Everyone likes an alpaca, but some people really connect at a deeper level. If you're here, that probably means you. Okay, so this is reality check time. Why do you want to keep alpacas? Is it really a good idea? Have you got the space? Have you got the money? Have you got the time? You do know how long they live. Is it just one of those ideas? Well, if you're still listening, and I haven't put you off yet, let's look a bit closer at getting started. Why keep alpacas? Their primary product is fibre. They also have value as breeding stock, and for farm visits, just as walking or trekking with alpacas. They do look so cuddly, but you have to know that interacting with them is always on their terms. They're sometimes referred to as companion animals or field pets, a bit like a horse can be. You have to remember that they're not dogs, though, and so don't confuse where and how you keep them and interact with them. They are livestock and come from the mountains originally. How many? How many should you have? Well, that's a difficult question to answer. They are strongly herd animals and must be with other alpacas to thrive. One is not a herd. Two is only just. Three is the minimum I would recommend. You also need to know that a lot of people who start with a few alpacas find they're buying more within a year. They just can't get enough of them. So limiting factors in terms of numbers could be money. What's your budget? And what's it going to cover? It's not just the cost of the animals, it's the other things as well. Land, as a guide, we work to five per acre. But if you only have one acre, then you probably can't have five. It's a bit too intense. Shelter, you need to have something that's open, but something that gives protection. Something that's going to help protect them from the rain, the wind, and from the sun. It shouldn't be like a dark cave. They're going to need water. Have you got water where they're going to be? In all the fields. If it's not there piped, then you're going to have to carry it. could be a limiting factor. And then you need some storage for feed, such as hay and dry food. You also need to think about whether you're going to have males or females. If you're going to have both, then you need to have a lot of space because you're going to have to separate them. can't have them running in the same field. You need to have more than just a fence between them. They need to be further apart. So where will you buy them? Well, I'm a great believer in buying the breeder as well as the alpaca. Take your time and find the right animals and the right breeder who can work with you going forward, give you support. You're not just buying a box off a shelf and price should not be your only consideration. Depending on your intended use, whether it's fibre or breeding or showing, it will determine where you look and what qualities you focus on. Don't be in a hurry. Do your homework. Regularly you'll end up paying about a third more than you originally thought. <laughs> That's been my experience. So, don't be in a hurry. Do your homework. Before they arrive, well, there's so much to be done before they arrive. We, we just managed to get the fences in place the day before they actually arrived. Sometimes you need that, don't you? But there we are. Start with the big stuff and then focus on the big picture. The fields... They need fences, they need gates, they need shelters in each of the fields where they're going to be, and they need to be in the right place. Think about the prevailing wind. Which direction does it come from? What about the sun? How does the sun travel around through the day? When it rains, where do you get wet ground and muddy patches? Do you have enough gates? You'll remember I've talked about that, my neighbour saying, oh, I think you've probably got enough gates now. And we still have to add another one in. But there we are. Fences, gates, what what about laneways? These are paths between fields, and they're fenced areas, so you open a gate, the animals come out, they follow down the laneway to the next field, where you've already opened the gate. And it just means that it's a fenced route, easy to move animals between places when it's just one person doing it, which often it is. And then the shelter, physical shelter, could be a stable, could be a barn, which we... I get barn envy when I go some places. So you need something in each of the fields. Water is really important. Clean, fresh supply of water. They'll drink from puddles, but they need water. And sometimes they'll go, and you hardly seem to be using very much water at all. No idea where they're getting it from. And then suddenly they all are thirsty and they all are drinking the water. So particularly in the hot weather, you need to be able to make sure that it's secure supply. So if it's piped, that's fine but if it's not piped then you're gonna to have to carry it particularly in the in the summer it's going to be a challenge in the field shelter or in the shelter main shelter particularly you need power for light and for equipment you need feed storage for hay and dry food and all those bits that you collect all the the halters and the other bits ideally in the in the field shelter you need to be thinking about how they're going to be moved around and whether you can also isolate one of the individuals if they're hurt or or not well still there still able to see the other alpacas but to be able to separate them off also be useful for for doing that when when the vet comes It'd be useful to think about going on a course ideally with the breeder that you're buying from or elsewhere storage you're going to need more than you think handling be good to train them to be led on a halter so you need to be able to do that where are you going to do that how are you going to do that my essentials i think you need hurdles you need four hurdles alpaca hurdles four foot high so not just a sheep hurdle it needs to be taller than that and a handler helper which is a short strap with a, a brass clip on it which goes around the neck and it just means that you're e- easily able to catch them up and and control them once they're in that catch pen created by those four hurdles in terms of husbandry you're going to do regular checks on their teeth and their toes, body condition scores, then there's worming and vaccinations A, D and E vitamins A, D and E, they need a booster because they don't get enough sun in this country uh, here in the UK so particularly through the winter months they need some A, D and E which is going to come in the paste paste form find a vet you can work with develop that working relationship and think about shearing where are you going to do it and who's going to do it are you going to get trained and get some experience in, in shearing or get somebody to come and do it for you with the worming and vaccinations often uh, that's going to be administered by an injection and therefore you need to also learn how to do injections the other thought i'd had was about growing old together as we get older The alpacas are also getting older, but they're going to live 20, 25 years. Um, Some of the ones being born now, I'm just thinking that's 20 years on from now. Mm. So my capacity in 20 years' time is going to be less than it is today uh, in terms of picking up 20 kilogram bags of food and doing the heavier work that's required. So it's just something to be aware of. I think as a warning... (laughs) Probably it's a good warning. It's going to take you more time and effort. It's going to cost you more money. And there are times when they will limit you. You won't be able to go away for that holiday because, well, that's when they're going to give birth. But with all of that, you'll get more joy, satisfaction and sense of well-being from keeping alpacas than from anything else I can think of. That's that alpaca gene again. So learn everything you can from everyone you can. And be generous with your knowledge to other alpaca owners or people considering keeping them. Remember how you started. And be generous. There's so much more that could be said about all of what we've only just touched on. But remember, this was just Alpaca 101. Quick overview for getting started. If there's anything you would like more information about, do let me know. Drop me an email or a voice message via the website alpacatribe.com. And then there are also some past episodes which cover some of these basics and some of them in more detail. So I'll put details of that in the show notes, which will, again, be on the website. I hope it's been a a fun and informative gallop through Alpaca 101. Thanks again for being here. Hope to see you again soon. And if you can, go spend some time with an alpaca. You won't be disappointed. Bye for now.